Hello, everyone. This is the You Deserve More Business podcast. I'm John. This is my co-host, Zach, over here. Uh, we started this podcast for one specific reason. We looked around South Jersey and said, you know what? They need a business podcast. And then we looked around the country and said, you know what they also need? A business podcast. So here we are. Zach, I know that we've been friends for quite a while. But since this is our first show, how the hell did you get into business? Because I, don't, I remember you in high school. Mm-hmm. And I do not remember us ever talking about business one time. Did you? Did you talk no. about business in high school? I was in a business class in high school, yeah. and it got discontinued after one year, uh, and yeah. that's about it. That's a good point. I feel like that's also why we found the need for this, right? Yeah, exactly. there's really not much people talking about I feel, it. I feel like whenever people talk about business on the internet, it is always, always, always look at my Ferrari. <laughs> it's not like the basics, like... What are the taxes? Yeah. How do you do that? I know it's boring. I know people don't like the watch, mm-hmm. but let's make that shit fun. Because there's a lot into it. There is and a for lot. For me, into it's fun. It. I like. As you said, let's make it fun. I, I think it is fun. Yeah, we. Just I think to, it's like yeah. a it's a system. It's a construct, right? We're we're going against this system that's been in place for X amount. Of, I mean, being in the United States, business in general. How would you do? Actually, let's start there. How would you define business? Business. Yeah. Uh, commerce. I. The thing is, is is. Business for me was just a way to have freedom. So I, I started out in the military at mm-hmm. 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Even in high school, I worked for the government. I mean, I, I, I was a janitor at a high school after school every day. I mean, I worked for government all the way up until 2018 when I was medically retired. I was controlled from the time I woke up to the time I, I fell asleep every single night when I was sleeping. Sometimes they'd wake me up and tell me to do something. And then when I got out, I was like, there's no freaking way that I'm listening to another motherfucker. Like, just, just, just straight up, and we just got demonetized. <laughs> right there. Absolutely yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely right there. But no, I just didn't want to listen to anybody. So business to me is freedom. I can see that. Yeah. I, for me, uh, I like that, actually. It's freedom. Yeah. I like that. Because freedom's big. It's not money. Right? It's what we fight for. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, it's survival, right? So oh, it's, yeah. it's kind of like freedom as well, um, surviving to be free, but it's survival. You know, I didn't really have a business <laughs> upbringing. You know, I, parents worked nine to five. Well, my dad worked nine to five. Yeah. Um, my mom worked here, here and there jobs <laughs> just to make it by, but they didn't really have a building mindset. They didn't have let's stack, let's figure out how to make bigger systems, create solutions. Because that for me is, I mean, survival, right? Creating systems, creating atmospheres, environments that produce, that give value. Um, Because what we do at Village Help Desk, that's what actually brought me here, right? The business Village Help Desk. Um, Five years ago when I started it, I I realized that I wasn't surviving at the level that I felt I deserved. I felt I, I deserved more. I felt I needed yeah. more. And, um, that's, why we yeah, call it, that's why we called it that. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Um, but that's true, right? Like, I really did feel like I deserved more. I felt like I wasn't given the right tools to get to that level. So I started doing my own due diligence, my own research. And then that's how I formed my opinion of what business is. Because when I got into business, it was because of that survival mindset. <clears throat> how do I achieve more? How do I create more value? <clears throat> how do I provide information from me to others that make them want to pay me for it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we do now. Um, a lot of consultative approaches to our clients, right? We come in and we talk to them about 
How are they using their systems? How are they using their computers? What kind of issues are they running into with their computers? How does that affect business, ultimately, their revenue? Yeah. Right? And, and how does that, you know, hinder what you're trying to achieve? And then we break that down and we put it together in, in an approachable system and manner, and then we attack it, right? This is what we need to build. This is the, the systems we need to put in place. These are the technologies that we need to use. And then you educate them. Yeah. I mean, the education is a big part of it. Education is yeah. a really big part of it because I feel like if you just leave something <clears throat> with someone, like a solution with someone, it, it's not a solution. It's just an answer that you understand that they kind of are given, right? They're like, well, what do I do with this? Yeah. You got to let them know what to do with it. So... Long story short, business for me is survival, and that's what I do when I work with other businesses. I'm like, well, how are you surviving, right? Long story short, from the, all the tech systems and all that fun stuff, how are you surviving? How are you bringing money in the door? How are your um, clients receiving input from you and your, and your team, whether it be engineers or lawyers or what have you, other doctors? How are you getting that information to your end user or your mm -hmm. client? And then how are you accepting that payment from them? And how are you making that transition from, you know, client to consultant to friend to this and that? Because that's what we are in every day. I mean, I wake up and my phone's ringing and things like that. It's clients, but it's also people that I've now get to know over these years because I've worked with them. I've seen what they've been fighting for. I've seen what they've been striving to build. <coughs> like you with Char T, right? We, yeah. we are on the phone regularly. Yeah. Um, and we talk about things like that you don't get in those posts with Ferraris. We talk about, yo, what, what does this mean, this tax bill? What does this percentage need? How do we divvy this percentage of budget to something that would be more um, resort, like rewarding, right? Yeah. Or, or is our ad spend being collectively used and utilized to its fullest efficiency? Is our computers, you know, bogging us down? Or are they actually providing opportunity and avenues to create more value? I go to you about reach, Right, reach, right? Yeah, because digital, digital reach is everything the now. thing. Yeah. But the reason I think your X factor for Village Help Desk from an outside perspective, just knowing this from working from you or working with you, um, has been the education aspect. Like, I feel like the education around what you do mm -hmm. has been my favorite thing about Village Help Desk, mm -hmm. you know, because you don't just do something for me. You know, you, that whole, you know, you teach a man to fish, mm -hmm. that's kind of what you do. Yeah, it saves. I don't it loses you money. I'm sure, absolutely, because I can fix problems now. Yeah, but it also gives me a level of service that when another problem arises, you're the guy I call. Well, thank you. Usually late. Typically, usually late. on a Saturday when you're on date night with Alicia. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's why I don't always pick up, but I try to. Right? Um, no, you're very good at picking up. Yeah, <laughs> I, you have to. You have yeah. to. But I know I'm. I'm glad you touched on the education part because absolutely, that's a core model of what we do. We're, we're trying to educate actually so much so that we were able to register an apprenticeship <coughs> in Jersey to provide more opportunity and avenue for people in this area to get into the field. Um, I think IT is, I mean, that's, I don't think, I know IT is foundational into our modern day commerce. Are you brought it up, our communications, right? Mm -hmm. Our national defense really relies on networking and computers. Everything that we do in modern today really does rely on a server somewhere and the networks that connect them. Yeah. So back to the education side, yeah, there's things that I want you. I want you to be able to go fish because together we can catch more, right? Together we can feed more villages. We mm -hmm. can do more things. I'm going to keep <clears> progressing. <throat> Education is a crucial part in how I succeed. Yeah. So I constantly, you know, reinvent myself. And what I mean by that is I constantly take courses. <coughs> I constantly reach out to mentors. I constantly reach out to people that are, have been doing it and are doing it at levels that I appreciate because I want to learn from them. And what I do with that is I bring it to my clients. Yeah. And I let them know like this is the things to look out for and these are the things to do. 
I don't want to hand feed you everything. I don't want to be your entire. It's very time consuming. It's, one. it's not only that it's time consuming, but it also doesn't give you the runway to grow. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give you like what I pride myself on is being able to educate the people we work with, yep. but then also extracting their value. Right. So if I educate them and, and they have a something clicks, oh, I didn't even I didn't realize that was something going on. I didn't realize that was something I could do. But now together, I found out something we couldn't do, and we do it together now. Right. We combine those two ideas. Oh, well, we can do this, and now I realize you can do that. Yeah. So this is our next move. Right. This is how because when you're pushing limits and boundaries, how do you know? Like for you too, I want you to answer this. How do you know? When you're right or wrong. And how do you know when, like when you're really at the, and I'm not saying I'm at the pinnacle of where I'm going to be. What I'm saying is when I'm learning something new, it feels like, like there's always going to be something new. It's, it's, and it's, it's almost like daunting. And I had a conversation with someone before where they said, uh, I think it was Frank actually in the gym. He's, you know, this is new to me. I'm going through it because I've reached this pinnacle and it's brought me to this new task or this new, you know, challenge other people aren't talking about it and aren't doing it because it's not presented to them. It's presented yeah. to him or us or whatever we're working on. So it really is constant just reinventing the wheel of, okay, we know these foundations are here. We know how these things work. Like yeah. for me, right, I know how these computers and servers work. I know how we're building applications. But what if we did this? It's and, the new frontier. It's yeah, like the, yeah. let's go west. Yeah. It's that American thing that is so rare today. It is. It is. It? It's way too rare. And I think it's because there's no podcast. Like, there's no, there's no, not that there's no podcast, but there's no conversation. There's no YouTube channels or anything that's actually telling you how to build a wagon to go west. Mm-hmm. It's all about, look what I got. Look at the gold I got in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It's not, what was the journey to get there? Yeah. That's what I noticed about media, especially business media today, is they just want to show you the nugget in San Francisco. They don't want to show you the wagon or the, you know, fighting natives or the weather or mm-hmm. the, the people who died of disease. They don't want to show you that mm-hmm. because that's boring. That's not good content. But we are the ones that are going to bridge that gap because we are America's new frontiersmen. Like we are the the people of we are the ones who are that age of discovery type of people. Yeah. I think you said it really, what's really important about what you just said is that we are that age in the age of discovery. Absolutely. I want to rally people around oh. our age group. Yeah. Um, around, I mean, even the younger groups For too. the sake of America. For the sake of just the future. Yes. Yeah, you need to understand, educate yourself, build something. Um, I mean, when America was first founded, what, how did they get people here? They offered land, and they typically offered it to people that created business or value. And... Look what happened, right? You, here, here's, here's property. Create something out of it. They brought people over. They built. They traded. They created commerce. Because that's, that's a big thing, too. A lot of, it's all, a lot about money for some people. Yeah. For a lot of people. It's people, a lot. people put up a wall, too. Yeah. Like, people our age who are successful. Like, just think of some of our friends. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of telling anyone the secret sauce. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's a problem, right? Like, we like to educate our customers, right? I didn't. Before, because I was afraid that they were going to take my tea idea. I was afraid that they were going to steal my next idea. They were going to steal my flavors. They were going to steal this. They were going to steal that. Maybe my methods, my processes, right? And then I learned, like, watching you especially. I mean, it's something that I actually learned from us building our friendship is 
you can educate these people. There's no secret. Like you can, you don't have to protect the secret sauce. The money will come as you grow because you're going to continue to educate. You shouldn't fear the people who learn where you are now. Mm-hmm. You should want them to come along that journey with you. Absolutely. You know, I have a, I have a, I have a very good friend that I just made, and he's in the exact same industry as me. And we talk all the time about how we are going to be these big competitors. I'm like, man, I really wish that we could not be competitors because you're really good and I'm really good. So now we're just going to work together, Mm -hmm. you know? And if I put up that wall where I wasn't willing to grow with him, there was going to be a problem, right? Mm -hmm. Down the line, him and I were going to be like, you know, the the Frito-Lay and the the Frito and the Lay's guy, right? Across the country, like fighting over the chip market, right? Mm -hmm. They were like buddy-buddy, and then all of a sudden they were like, no, you know, we don't want to be friends. And then eventually they found, you know, their way together. This age of discovery, we all have to lift each other up. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. mean, and we, the age of discovery now, I mean, we live in such a different world with technology and where we're at. I mean, YouTube Academy, right? There's so many things that you can go and learn. I mean, opportunity. It's not about the knowledge, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the knowledge gets you there. And I think inherently we've seen systemic systems where they would withhold knowledge and it does hold people back. But now there's a level of technology where they can't hold everything back. There's only so much control they can have. You yep. can go on YouTube and learn how to do a million different things. Um, and well, you can learn how to do it well. Yeah. You know, one of my old barbers actually learned how to cut hair watching YouTube videos and practicing. You know, I learned electrical from Sparky yeah, on YouTube. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and a lot of the students, so we, I do teach as well, right? So we have uh, programs where Village Help Desk does and, and gets people certified in IT, IA+. CompTIA, ITF+, and things like that. And I tell all my students that, you know, go use these resources. Like, I'm going to tell them what I know, and I'm going to give them what I can, but other voices and other opinions and other outlooks, I mean, it really does have a huge impact on their test scores, on how involved they are. And that's something, too, that we'll touch on the, the, the podcast in later episodes, and especially with guests, is it is a big mindset thing, right? <coughs> Business isn't just... How do you file for your LLC or your S-Corp or however you want to do that? What, what is a, a tax designation and what are you liable for? And, yeah. and how do you take care of your employees with uh, insurances and, and all the different intricacies of the numbers and things That's like that? It's a lot easier than people think. But the, hard, the, you know, that, the boring stuff, in my opinion, is some of the easier stuff. The mm-hmm. hard stuff is getting your mind there to be like, yeah. okay, I will sit and do this. I <laughs> will learn the intricacies of the tax law. I will be, you know, because you mentioned too, like you had an idea of you didn't really want to give away a lot of your secrets. You yeah, know, you did. didn't want to, because it, it's competitive nature, right? Business yeah. feels competitive. But also think of some of the biggest organizations in the world, right? Is it one leader and then a, a million followers? Yeah. No, it's it's leaders on phone, leaders leading troops, leading, um, you know, agents, leading employees, whatever your business is and whatever you do, it's leaders leading people, to accomplish goals, projects. So that's, first of all, dealing with people is not easy. No. I, I had a student the other day say to me, you know, what is the hardest thing to do when it comes to IT and, and support and, like, taking care of businesses? And I immediately said the answer, it's people. It's not yeah. the computers. I mean, we built it. We, we taught the computers what to do. We tell them what to We're do. We're a pain in the ass. It's people. It's dealing <laughs> yeah. with people. And it's dealing with people with what they will and won't learn. Because the reality is we, we are very capable machines. We're very capable beings. But if you don't have the will to do it, you won't. 
there, there's a there's a study I just saw. I have to I have to look up the source to it. But there was a study done on why. So this is why America is kind of declining when it comes to age of discovery. So there was a study done on math students in high school mm-hmm. in Japan and America. And obviously, the Japanese students well outperformed the American students. And what they found during this study was that in a in a typical classroom in America. This is an absolute craziness. The students are actively challenged by the by the material 2% of the time, whereas the Japanese students were, were actively challenged. So that means actively challenged with basically having to decide what the right and wrong answer is 40% of the time. So it was the problem with America is like we, we almost took education and kind of set it back to, to basically meet the people's current limits and we didn't try to expand that like a lot of these asian countries try and do and say reach for this you know so basically we created a situation where we put a ramp to go reach the the top whereas the you know japan china all these asian countries they put steps so you have to actively pull yourself up there's no easy you know you can't take a wheel upstairs right Mm -hmm. You can't just roll upstairs. You have to actually lift up your leg and take that step. That, to me, seems like the difference, the, 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 the big difference in why we're losing that and, and why we crave that. You and I are active learners. We are craving knowledge. But when you were in high school, did you crave knowledge? No. No, no. I almost failed out of high school. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So then here we are, these two. Like, uh, like we are well-educated in college, mm-hmm. Right. We are running successful businesses. You know, we're, we're at this, we're both educators, right? I mean, I'll get to my, where I come from in a second, but like we've done all these things because we've craved that next step. Students in America are not craving that next step. They are being trained to be workers, not entrepreneurs, not leaders. And, and I think that's why what we're doing is so important. That's why we're doing it. We're not making a lot of money from this. We're not making anything, actually. You know, we're, we're spending money on this. I'm spending money. What are you yeah, that's are what you I'm saying. Money somewhere? No, no, I'm not. Well, hopefully. I don't know. Maybe someday. But as of now, we're not making any money from this. We're doing this as, as what we think is a service, right? Because we want so bad for people to open up their hearts and their minds the idea of entrepreneurship and reaching, uh, you know, JFK, one of my favorite quotes, you know, we, we, we do it, we do this and other things, not because it's easy, but because it is hard, right? Yeah. When he talked about in Houston, he talked about going to the moon, right? There is no logical freaking reason to go to the moon. There's zero logical reason. There's no reason why we have to go to that stupid rock. It means nothing. It really doesn't. There's no practical thing on the moon there's no, like moon rocks are not going to fill our cars, right? Moon rocks are worth nothing. They fall from the sky and we just think of them as rocks. The value is that we did it. Yeah. Right? That's the value. The value is that it's a it's a far away thing and we we were there. That's like Julius Caesar, right? One time he was told to go conquer Britain. And he said, okay, I'll go do it, but there's nothing there. You know, they said, no, you got to go conquer Britain. So he had his men build this elaborate freaking, you know, these elaborate ships out of nothing. He had them build 
this bridge, this bridge overnight, practically, across a raging river. And they did it and, and, and rode horses across it and scared the locals so much they scattered. The, Ger- the Germanians didn't even want to fight at that moment. Then went to Britain, landed, was like, okay, we're here, and then just went home. There's something to be yeah. said about just doing. Yeah. Absolutely. And everybody was like, damn, that dude is awesome. Mm-hmm. Right? That dude is awesome. Nobody messed with Julius Caesar until the end. But nobody messed with him at that time. They, were all, they all feared him, right? He was, all, he was a force to be reckoned with because this man could just do whatever the hell he wanted. Yeah. And going back, I mean, I agree. I think we are pacified as a society and then through education. Am I, yeah. You asked me, did I think about business in high school? No, I didn't. Not at all. I didn't have any business classes either. I, didn't, I don't think we really had too many options. <clears throat> no, we well. had we, one, and yeah. they, were, they would only allow 15 students in yeah. it. Because we I, went to the same high school. Yeah. yeah. yeah I was in there. I, there was, it was two years. So it was mm-hmm. two years. Um, and we got to make money. It was actually the coolest class in the world. Everyone bought 10 shares at $2 a share, mm-hmm. like literal money. If you didn't have the money, then they would give you um, candy to sell. And then you would have $20, and you, bought, and you couldn't buy any more or any less. That's what you had to do. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, and then you'd buy, like, T-shirts and sell them. You'd buy pretzels and sell them at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the year, you would split the money based on the shares. I ended up graduating high school, and my junior and, my junior and senior year, I ended up walking away with um, 500 and 700 hours, respectively. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a really, really cool class, and it taught me everything. That sparked it. But it wasn't. I mean, it was only a like a forty-five minute class. Like what? Yeah. It didn't do that, anything after that. That that experience that I had in high school, like not have. I mean, there was those that class, but there wasn't a, a ton of options. I did some tech-based things um, in high school, and, and obviously, I'm still doing them here. But part of our mission and something that we do, how we got to the apprenticeship and whatnot, is working with uh, one of our strategic clients and partners in providing opportunity for low-income areas and underserved areas and veterans mm-hmm. and whatnot to be upskilled into, you know, an IT certification and get an IT career. And part of that's, like, teaching is teaching them the business ideas of things, how you fit into an organization, how you fit into, um, you know, a structure that's working towards something, right? Because everyone has a role that they play. No one, like Julius Caesar, right? That, that's, yeah. he, he had men that built a bridge, you said. Yeah. He had people that worked with him. I mean, his enterprise, just like our government enterprise, is a business. It's survival. It's, it's they put people together, divvy out roles and tasks to achieve value. Now we have this monetary system, right, which is what we perceive value with. So that's why we have salaries and, and paychecks. But if we were all a bunch of villages, we would, you know, we would divvy roles. This is the hunter. This is the gatherer. <coughs> this is the farmer. This is the you know, caretaker, this is the per- this is the firekeeper. And they would all have roles, and no one necessarily was paid um, a stipend or a paycheck, but they were given something in that return, right? The, the warriors and the hunters protected the village. Yeah. The, the gatherers would feed and cook for people, right? We're the, great facilitators. We are. Entrepreneurs. Yeah. I, I think that's I, I, that word in general, the entrepreneur thing, right? I, I know it I, bugs I, you. I know because I don't. I don't. I mean, I know we had to classify it as something, but it's the truth is, it's just people being people together. Well, right? entrepreneurship is survival, like you said. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of when we were having that discussion off the camera, right? We were talking about what is entrepreneurship, and you said I don't feel like I'm an entrepreneur. But an entrepreneur, it's it's a it's an overused term now. 
Now, somebody will like, I don't know, sell two cakes online and they're like, I'm an entrepreneur. Mom and an entrepreneur. I'm like, okay, but like, you got it. Like, an entrepreneur is deeper, right? Like, to me, it is survival. That mom is an entrepreneur in some way. Mm-hmm. But now let's use this like a title. Like, it's almost used like, look at me, I'm an entrepreneur. It's lost its value. An entrepreneur was that, that struggle, right? Like, that, that, that thing, right? I'm in, we're master facilitators. My very first business coming out of the military in 2018 was Arbor Foods. My dad told me that he has a couple farmers that you can sell their produce and they'll pay you X amount of money. I thought that sounded great. I thought there was two types of tomatoes. I thought it was regular tomatoes and cherry tomatoes. I had no idea that there was a bunch of tomatoes. No clue. But yet, in under six months... I had 240 delis that were buying lettuce, tomato, and onion from me, and I was selling asparagus to high-end restaurants. There was, those were my only four products, by the way. I was selling asparagus to high-end restaurants for $80 per case, and a case is 20, 20 bundles of asparagus. So just I was raking in the money. I didn't know anything about fruits and vegetables. I never. I grew up in Gloucester City. You know, I can touch my neighbor. I never grew up near a farm. I knew nothing. The only thing I knew about vegetables were you could find them at the grocery store. The small ones were cherry tomatoes, and the big ones were regular. <laughs> like, that's all I knew. But I was very, very open to learning, and I facilitated the hell out of it. I made sure that all the right people were in all the right places at all the right times, and I built a successful business that was so successful that somebody literally paid me to go away. They paid me to go away. They bought all three of my trucks in the purchase and just junked them because they, they had like 490,000 miles on them. They just wanted me to go away. I had to sign a non-compete contract for five years, meaning I would not be in the vegetable or food space for five years. I had to call a lawyer to ask for, for permission to start a tea company. They said it doesn't fall under the contract. And then now I'm out of the contract anyway, so I'm good. When you first started learning about how many types of tomatoes there were and selling them, <laughs> did you think about, like, non-compete and contracts and all that Not stuff? Even, were you thinking about that? No. I was just thinking about, I have a product, and I'm going to sell it. And I did the equivalent of knocking on doors. And, and knocking on doors is, you know, like the, almost like the, uh, the vacuum cleaner salesman. It's a little bit different when you're a B2B company, you know, business to business. Because I had to walk into a deli that's been in operation for over 100 years. And because we live in New Jersey, we have these delis and these pizza pizzerias that are operation for 70 plus years. Some of them like two, like just, I don't know. That's why we got the good they, pizza. Yeah, they like invented the pizza, right? And I have to walk in there and be like, hey, I know that you have world-famous sandwiches. You have world-famous pizza. But I want you to start using my tomatoes and make the sauce. And these guys looked at me like I had three heads. But I got every last one of them. I was very persistent, right? I walked in. I said, what do we have to do to make this happen? And the guy's like, they're not really used to that. So Here's this guy making $300,000 a year at at, at his location, right? Like, he's not a multi-billionaire. And this kid is coming in there begging him for business, basically, right? Treating him like he is, like, 
I don't know, Acme or like Kroger or something. Like treating them like this big corporation, like I need your $80 a month. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I need that. You're like I need this. And that level of determination and facilitation and making sure that those customers were so well taken care of, they dropped these people that they were working with for years. I don't want to mention it, but there is a large produce company in the next to the town that we grew up in. Starts with a V. And they uh, used to have all these clients in Gloucester. I got them all. And then there was another one in Vineland. I stole all their clients. I mean, they literally called me on the phone because I, I did something crazy. So they started trying to undercut me on asparagus. So I said it gets $80 a case. They went to their customers and they went to my customers and said, don't pay him 80. We'll, we'll sell to you for $30 a case, which by the way, they're losing money on. They did it to purposely put me out of business. Boss leader. Yeah. That's what they wanted me to do because they knew I, I couldn't handle it. So I took out a $180,000 loan. Bought up every tomato I could find in the state of New Jersey. I rose the price by $6, and I sold it back to them. I paid off a loan really, really quick. That's determination, right? I went into debt almost $200,000 to buy tomatoes that I threw in a cooler, right? That's out-of-the-box thinking. That's determination. That's, that's something you have to do as an entrepreneur. That's survival. As a survival. As, as, it's as survival. a survivor, right? Because the same, like, you, what I heard was... Um, you know, you had you, you found an opportunity mm-hmm. to make revenue, right? That what we all live on, right? Yeah. That's how we pay our bills. You can't pay your bills in emotion, right? You have to use revenue money. So you found an opportunity, and you seized it. And then what came from that is you learning more about the intricacies of how the business is done, <clears throat> some kind of contract, something like that. And that's, too, like, that's the first thing, you know, I, I don't want to use the word preach, but that's the first thing I preach when I'm working with the students because my whole thing is, yeah, we're there to learn tech, right? But mm-hmm. our program in general does encompass all this business aspect. So I want them to learn that mindset. What does that mean when you go into a situation and someone tells you no? Because they will tell you no over and over and over and over again. They'll tell you no. Oh, and, a thousand times. And you got to be that survivor to say, well, you know, ask questions, provide different values, provide different perspectives. <clears throat> And just like how you did, you know, you, you've been, people are really hard to change as well, right? Change is really hard yeah. for people to grasp. And rejection's hard to take. So that mindset is so crucial. And that's, you know, just jumping into it is huge. Being able to have someone say, hey, just try that. Mm-hmm. Be willing to fail. Be willing to step up to the plate and strike out. Because if you never step up to the plate, you're never going to know what you're trying to aim for. So, you know, I like, I, I love your story and I, I've heard it dozen times and, and we and we're going to probably divvy on in future episodes about yeah. how you got there through the military and, and where you are like the finer details but for me you know that survivor aspect was really really you know pertinent right it yeah. was very important for me I didn't have a lot of the opportunities I didn't go to college I didn't go you know I, I, gradu- I graduated now yeah right in my adult yeah, we, we both went back I went, I went on, back you know? and I graduated just to get that piece of paper to let someone know that someone else agrees that I know things <laughs> yeah um and I paid for that, but ultimately, I really had to show my worth with the grit of my teeth, right? I really had to show my worth with how I could lift things up and put them down, for lack of yeah. better words, right? I had to show them what I was worth. And I remember some of the first IT things that I did for money. I mean, I did IT things my whole life growing up for people, like taking care of people. Oh, this yeah. is how you use this. 
new things would come out. This is how you do that. Yeah. But I wasn't, you know, it was, it was just part of my life, right? And then it got to a point where I had trouble working under people because I would ask too many questions. I would, I would question the, the quota every day. I would say, well, why are we doing it like this? Why don't we do it like that? You know, I, I was not afraid to say to someone, I think you're wrong. Even if I didn't, I mean, because it was what I believed, right? I was saying what I believed. So if I felt they were wrong, I would say, look, I feel like if we did this, it would provide a better outcome yeah. or whatever we were talking about. And that didn't go over well with a lot of employers. Um, Which is strange. Like, if I had somebody who's entrepreneurial on my team, I would bring them into the business. I would find a way not to lose them because that's another mind like mine that can think in a different way than I can. Well, there's a lot of systems out there, and I agree. Yeah. If I found someone like that, I'm like, yes, come on board. Yeah. But there's a lot of systems out there that are kind of set in their ways. And there's a lot more businesses than I think people realize that are failing, but the <coughs> level of investment and the people behind them have yeah. such immense pockets and such immense control over other markets. And ego. <laughs> and ego that they, won't, they can't fail. Even if the business itself is failing, what supports it on the back end, there's probably some other reason there's something else that going on not all businesses that are living are surviving on itself they're no living on different infrastructures of different but support if a business is less than five years old they're probably not profitable i mean just statistics would tell you that yeah i mean what they even let you claim up to three years in losses right yeah. after you you file for your business <clears throat> license um and that's something too right like i didn't know i didn't have any of that in the beginning i started i some of my first customers were people that just called me and we're like, hey, something's wrong with my computer. <laughs> and I don't know what it is. So I would drive over, pick it up. I remember literally the first customer I, I brought over, I didn't know, because I, I knew in my mind I had to be professional, right? Yeah. But I didn't know what that meant yet. And I did, definitely didn't know what that meant yet in the IT world. Because yeah. remember, everything I was doing, I was doing it for people in the sense of, like, I can help you, right? Even businesses, because I didn't have that monetization mindset yet. Yeah. How do I monetize this? How do I pro provide value and get value back? I was just like, yeah, I'll be there. I can help you. So the first person I remember, like, how do I make this professional? Like, he's going to give me money. He's, he has an issue. I'm going to solve it. He's a complete stranger. No idea who this person is. The collecting money is actually an underrated problem in the beginning. Absolutely. It's because it's different. And especially, like, growing up how I did, I can't speak for everybody, but money was almost emotional. Yeah. Like, it was tied to emotions almost. And you would be upset. You would feel... Um, no money, like, no food. Yeah, yeah. So you would you would be in a like in a, in a way almost encouraged not to speak about money, right? Yeah. You would say, well, okay, are things paid? Good, right? Good. <clears throat> not how can we build on top of that? How can we progress? How can we create more? How can we you know generate more value? How can we do more work to have more outcome <clears throat> and create a system that ultimately doesn't require the same amount of work and provide the love, same level of outcome? It was just, hey, check came in, bills paid, good. And that's a, that's a problem, though. Like, I feel like parents, if you're a kid and you ask about money, your parents' first thing is, like, like mind your own business. They I, don't. I've experienced that. Yeah, it's, like, blocked. But, like, I explain this. I say I parent-teacher conferences, and I, I had a speech in front of all these parents that showed up, and I said, if I can ask you guys, I said, I'll never give your kids homework. The one thing I want you to do is tell them when there's problems with money. Tell them when there's successes with money. Talk about money. Talk about the hard things with your kids because none of these kids know how to pay anything. None of these kids know how to manage their own finances because none of our parents 
even ever uttered the word, you know, financial or the, the phrase financial literacy. Yeah, financial literacy is definitely something that's underspoken about. Yeah. And in the Taboo. entrepreneurial world, right? Yeah. I think money is also spoken about in a taboo taboo <clears throat> way. Not that it's shunned and say don't talk about it, but it's almost overly talked about and not realistically put in sight, right? Like they might explain things a little bit too haphazardly, like it's like uh, someone that's running a business that's more sales-oriented, right? Yeah. They might upsell what's going on. And lose sight of the realistic sense. That's why you have a finance department, right? That's supposed to keep you in line, right? Hey, no, actually, we do need to cut back here. We do need to manage this because it's a constant back and forth managing your money. That's a huge part of business, right? Yeah. But also, too, it's hard to always say what the right investment would be. What do they say about marketing? About 50% of it would work. Or 50% of marketing works. Yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> it's a hit or miss, and that's, it's about trying new things. It's about putting your money in things that you believe in. I think that. So for me, I reinvest into the business and things that not necessarily ads or, or marketing, but like this. This is something that I would put marketing budget towards because I feel like it provides a value to people. Th- and this my, is where my marketing budget is going. <laughs> right, so my value is more important than me, to me than how many people I get in front of. Yeah. My value that I provide to people is way more important than what I'm actually earning. I think I'm going to get a lot of heat for that, but I want to make a living. I want to take care of my family. I sure. want to take care of my people, and I want to prosper. I want to grow, and I want to you know, grow up, not grow down. But also, I want to see everyone next to me doing the same thing. I don't, yeah. want, to, I don't want to be on a pedestal. I don't want to be on top of anything. I want to be alongside a wall of people that – all go like this, this is the mission we're fighting for this is the thing we're fighting for yeah and i think money gets in the way the emotion side of money gets in the way of that right you have a lot of companies that have systemic systems where there's no room for growth there's no room for improvement yeah whereas us at village help desk i actually try to provide a track to move up through and then you have an option do you want to stay and see where we can push the business or do you want to mm-hmm. leave and work with another business doing something else, like another mission or, or what have you, and you take what you learned from here yeah. with you. And that's part of how the business is growing because I think that's so important. And what I've seen in my experience <clears throat> being another, you know, as an employee, as working for other people, they almost wanted me to just not gr- – not, I don't want to say not grow – but they wanted me to do what they needed me to do. They wanted you to just tread water. Yeah, they wanted me to be there. They wanted me to do the things they believed in. Yeah. And it never was a collection of, hey, what do you think? Hey, what do you think just we're mind, working mind on? Blowing. Yeah, so that's what I transpired, and that's ultimately what brings me to my <clears throat> business and why I think it's survival because I didn't feel like in those environments I was given the right tools to succeed and survive. So I had to create them. I had to create yep. an environment where people felt okay being like, hey, did you try that, and how did it go? And I wanted to create an environment where someone can come up to me and say, hey, I was thinking about, you know, I know we do this, but what if we tried this? Yeah. And it's not a question of anything else besides, well, tell me more about that. Tell me more about what you believe and tell me more about your thoughts, and let's see how it fits into the bigger picture. If it fits, it fits. If it doesn't, we'll talk about it, right? I I will explain to them, look, This is how I built this. This is what I'm doing. And I'll, I'll provide other avenues. Look, I think we could do it here. I think you could do it there. I think, you know, however I can help, I want to help. But ultimately, I, I think creating a business is creating a community that's striving towards similar goals, trying to make a living, and exceeding those goals by putting top 
end effort and top end, you know, interest. Yeah. Becoming interested, becoming, you know, I want to work on these things. I want to do those things. And it's hard to because the reality of business isn't necessarily just all fun and games. We're all hanging out playing ping pong and like all those tech offices that they show yeah. in Silicon Valley. The reality is going, all not going down to your <laughs> – Uber just became positive. Uh, pop, Whoa. I think it did. You know, and a lot of people don't even realize that, right? Like, it takes years and years for a lot of – because it's like a new business thing, right? It yeah. was never before where people would dump – Four hundred million dollars into a, a business idea. Amazon lost money for twenty years. <laughs> a lot of the tech companies did. Yeah, a lot of them did. And so that idea is <clears throat> what I'm saying beforehand, right? Like it's yeah. not that fun, loving. Like in the beginning, too, especially when everyone's making money. Yeah, it's all love and games, and, and everyone's having a good time. Yeah. And then when that back end of emotion comes in and people start losing money, it's hard to handle. You got Because you're not dealing with your mindset now. You're dealing with your people's mindset. You're dealing with your, your finance department's mindset, right? Your, your CFO. Investors. Your, your, your investors. You're worrying about that They're stuff. They're the biggest pains. And before you even get to that realm, well, how are you organizing? How are you doing this, right? The, well, nowadays, a lot of people don't know, most business filings are done online. So you can, from the comfort of your home, from a phone, from a computer, <clears throat> you can register a business and set up all the paperwork. And I mean, especially in Jersey, I mean, you're registered in Delaware, right? Yeah, I'm registered in Delaware. I do have, I do have an LLC in New Jersey as well. Yeah. I, I have them everywhere. I have one in Wyoming as well. And there's reasons for that. Yeah, there's reasons. Yeah, yeah. I, I pick and choose. I was actually told by my, my accountant, just go to the state you're in. But I didn't listen because, you know. And, then that's, <laughs> and that's like, you know, the reality is everyone can go and file and do these things. Yeah. Not everyone, Very but easily. majority of people can. And I, with a registered business in Jersey, it's like $100, right? $100. Yeah. You can do it right from your – you can – I pay $48 a month for a virtual office in Delaware. Yeah, that's another – you know, and especially with technology yeah. in general, there's so many more avenues to open up and do, but so many people don't. Yeah. And it's – it's, they it's, don't know. If they don't know. They think it's like this really expensive thing. But also thing. I think a lot of them are scared. Once they do know and once they do find out, when someone tells them, hey, you can go <laughs> register online, well, they get worried. Well, what does that mean? Is that right? Is it correct? <laughs> Is it, am I registering this the right way? Am I, am I doing this the right way? How do I? And that's where the mindset really comes in. Like you can't always doubt yourself. Yeah. You have to do you have to be willing to go up and make mistakes. Now, I'm not saying go and register your business willy-nilly and not do any research and just risk it all and, and blow up. And But, you know, don't be scared to – if you don't have someone sitting there telling you, hey, this is the way you do it and this is how you do it, and you can't afford to have someone sitting there and telling you, hey, this is the way to do it and how you do it, <coughs> do your own research now. Go out and buy a book. Buy, go watch some YouTube videos. Go watch some other people – performing this go find mentors so that's how i actually got started in the business world it yeah. wasn't in tech um it was involving tech but it was involving digital marketing yeah and i started contracting right out of high school so uh, I, I wasn't legally allowed to um but they didn't know that I, yeah. they, they were just signing uh, a paper sending me checks right they were, adult. i don't even know i don't i mean they were a big company i have no idea they were a big marketing who company. checks ids for digital marketing uh, yeah <laughs> so they were just I, I reached out to them i cold emailed them and i said hey uh i see people doing stuff that you do i had no idea what they did i see people doing stuff that i think you do <clears throat> and i know i can do it because i've seen them do it I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know exactly what it's entailing. But if yeah. you can pay me, I can figure it out. 
And um, this, this woman, I'm not going to drop her name here, but she was, you know, a regional marketing manager for this company. And she loved it. She loved the email. She thought it was, like, ballsy. She said, you know, I really respect. I mean, being even young, and she was well into her, you know, 30s, 40s, she said, I respect how you can come and present yourself, even through an email, right? I, yeah. I respect how you approach this, and I want to give you a shot. And they gave me a 1099 contract to go out and audit. I didn't even know what audit meant. I didn't know what that was. I didn't. They just gave me a piece of paper, and I read it. And I'm like, okay, this looks like I should talk about things that's happening. You can happening. get hired just on your balls. Yeah, you yeah. can. You can pull it off. That's if, a different industry, but I know what you're uh, saying. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, if you have the balls yeah. to go knock on some doors, you'll get rejected a thousand times, but that yeah. one time. Yeah. And it'll change your freaking life. One person can change your life. And that's one. the crazy. There's billions of people. One person can change your complete tra- trajectory. Um, I always relate communication and literature to development of computers, right? The, the coding languages, you can add one line of code and completely <coughs> change a program. You can, send, you can say one line of sentence to someone. You can explain one thing to them, completely change their life, Yeah. right? That one little bit of info could be something that unlocks all these other things in their head. Oh, I, this is what I've been thinking about. Oh, this makes sense now. And That's why mentorship's so important. Yeah. I mean, and that's something that's died, in my opinion. Like, back in the day, you actually used to be able to become a lawyer through an apprenticeship. So you used to be able to actually sit with a lawyer, work with them, learn from them, and then take the bar and get your, your license. I don't know when they outlawed that, but it, it's still legal in two states. They're when still- they uh, wanted to put a paywall in front of it. <laughs> Probably, yeah. But, like, we... we- we decided that we are going to off of this podcast, so make an affordable mentorship program. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think there should be more access into having those networks. And nothing's free in life, yeah. So there, especially now in tech, a lot of people don't think about well, the infrastructure. Well, we have costs on the back end. Well, that's the thing. A so. lot of people don't think about that infrastructure and the systems that are put in place and the and the people like you have. <clears throat> we have to make a living. We all have to be able yeah. to pay our bills. We have to be able to feed our families, and there is some kind of investment that needs to be made. But how cheap? But how cheap? How cheap are we making it, though? Well, I, we're going to do $35 a month. Exactly. Yeah. Go find yourself a mentorship program for 35 because I know that the people, like, can I say it? But, uh, you know, some of the guys who want to show you in their garage all their rented Ferraris and stuff, they want to charge you thousands of dollars. We calculated that we can literally ba- make a bare-bones living to support the system. To support the system, yeah. Literally pay our people, pay for the systems, all that stuff. It's not cheap on our side. We are not making a ton of money, but it is out there. Like I, 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 I know it's about community. That's yeah. it. I mean, for, I know we weren't planning on community. dropping that, but but I do think yeah, that you it, me I know, I know, but but to, to be honest, like we just have to tell. No, it's people. exciting. No, yeah, it is we, exciting. Yeah, I'm excited about it because yeah. we did a lot of math to figure out how to get it that low. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, and, I, and that's – well, the biggest thing for me is that community, right? Like if we can have people invest in and support this networking community, it, it can be curated and really specific and niche to us, right? Yeah. We, can, we can make sure everyone gets a voice in. We can make sure everyone gets heard, and we can make sure everyone gets the right one-on-one time that they need yeah. to really learn because as much as it is that mindset, <clears throat> the intricacies, right, registering a business, doing all that – that does take knowledge. It does take insight, and it does take experience with understanding how those systems work because that's what we're playing with. When we play with the IRS, we're playing with a system that has been built by other people that's been going on for many, many years, right? That's what they always say about the stock markets too, right? You're, you're watching a system, understanding how the system works, and you're playing that game. Yeah, our guest next week is going to be talking about that. Yeah. 
about about dealing with the uh, IRS. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. And and the pages that no one understands. And that's that's it, right? Being able to get the right people up on stage, get I mean, in front of people, getting the right people in a room, networking events that really have impact that people can pull away from and say, "Yo, like I met this these these people at this group." <clears throat> And it changed my life. It changed yeah. how I think about things. It changed how I do business. It changed, for me, one introduction, and I call it handshake marketing, right? One, one introduction on the level of handshake marketing where I get to meet someone else and earn that trust through a colleague. I've found so many opportunities that I didn't even think of otherwise, right? Because you start talking about things, you start bouncing ideas off each other, and someone's like, hey, that's a good idea, and it fits with my idea, and then they tell you theirs, and you're like, whoa, that's a good idea that fits with my idea. And you didn't even think about it before, no. right? You need that introspection from other people to come in and be like, hey, man, you got something going on. And that's a big thing, too, being positive, right? Because you bring someone in a community and a network. And I would imagine a lot of listeners and a lot of viewers have had this with personal friends. But you bring someone into that network, and they just drag it down, right? Like every time yeah. you have an idea or something, they're like, I don't know. That sounds scary. Yeah, it sounds scary. It should sound scary. Our dreams should be scary. Right, that's why we build our little right. tribe. Dreams we got going on. Yeah, yeah. So that tribe is how you get through things, and that that community that we're building is how I expect you know me to get through things, how I expect you to get through things, and how I expect the people that we invite in to get through things together. Right, because that's the only way we can truly get through them is together. There's you know a lot of there's a lot of one person businesses out there nowadays that, um, you know, claim the world and, and claim things like that. But the truth is. No one gets anywhere without someone else. Money would even be yeah. worthless without other people. Imagine if you were the richest person in the world and you were the only person in the world. What good would it be? It would be absolutely worthless, right? As a one-person business, I think the network is super important. But as any kind of business, a network is extremely yeah, but my point to that is, like, even if you're a one-person business, and there's a lot of successful, thriving one-person businesses. You're you, not a one-person. You're person. not a one-person yeah, business. Yeah. You, you, you use other people. That's why you need the network. Yeah, you use yeah. and leverage the tools and talents of other people. You use and leverage the systems built by other people. Yeah. The, the one-person business nowadays only exists because there's hundreds and thousands of people developing software and applications that they can use to fill those gaps of people. Oh, yeah. And, and when you keep filling gaps with tech eventually you find some holes because you, you lose that mm -hmm. human aspect and you lose that, that, that mindset that really does make a difference of someone coming in the room and being like, this felt great. Yeah. We hit these numbers. This, was, this is what we needed today. But you know, backtracking even from that, you know, rewind a little bit, what I want to get into this community and want to get into people's minds is – all those little intricacies, all those stuff, the boring stuff that you have to go through by yourself, or if you are by yourself, you shouldn't be going through it by yourself, but normally you have to go through by yourself figuring out how do I register, how do I do this, how do I do that? Because not everyone has partners, right? Not everyone nope. has someone that, in my life, I, it took <clears throat> me seeking out potential business partners to find them. It wasn't yes. like I would walk down the street and someone would be like, hey, man, this is a great idea. What do you think about this? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great because it's trust. It's 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 if you, when you're sur you're surviving with someone else you're surviving with yeah. another entity and then eventually you're surviving your people with theirs right and now you're bringing these two tribes together when you're you're doing business deals and, and relationships um, I use a perfect example you know uh, some of our clients engineers I'll use some of the engineers because I was just working with them the other night um, 
they're, I'm involved in their team aspect, right? Our yeah. support, our agents are involved in their team aspect. They yeah. reference to us. They say, hey, this is, I heard this from them. This is, they taught me how to do this. They do this. We work together. We are completely two separate entities, but we serve them, yeah. right? And they, they serve us in a way because they're our client. But we serve them so we truly are part of their tribe. And, yeah. we, and we treat them like that. When they call into our agents, we, we do dedicated pods, right? So we know who we're talking to. They mm-hmm. know who they're talking to. Uh, we learned that from being partners with T-Mobile, actually, because T-Mobile, um, and they're, they're too big to do this now, but how they started was, and they still do this on the market. They tell you they do this. But when you call in, they say, you know, your dedicated team is, is waiting for you. But yeah. they're, they're answering your other clients' phones. And they do do this at scale, but it's just not the same as when they were smaller, obviously. Yeah, right? of course. It's not going to be. But for us as a small, um, you know, IT agency, we're able to still, at this level, do it. And with technology and how it's expanding, I see a very clear picture on how to scale that. Oh. So with our pods and how we, we treat our, our customers and clients, it isn't that, hey, normal, we, we're calling the tech company, we're not sure what's going to happen. It's, hey, we're calling Zach down at Village Help Desk, yeah. and he's going to help us out. Hey, we're calling Skylar over at Village Help Desk or Gianna or, you know, whoever, whoever is in their pod and who they're used to talking to, mm-hmm. that's who they're calling. They're not calling the helpline. They're calling their agent, right? Yeah. And to me – is knowing that this is how they are and how that I, I, I feel success, right? We're not the biggest, we're, we're a super small company, but I feel success from knowing that my theory, right? Mm-hmm. This is how we want to be portrayed. This is how we serve is being carried out. Not only by me, by other people that believe in that, right? Yes. And that ultimately to me is business, right? How do you create an idea, a reality, a theory on how to do something and create revenue and commerce from that. How do you provide livelihoods to people by just living out an idea? You know, a lot of influential people that I, I, a lot of the fitness influential people that I follow actually will be more so like be about it, right? Yeah. Be more about it. And, and for them, it's very relevant because it's a lot about the looks. It's a lot about, because you can see effort in the gym. You can like show outwards. A lot of yeah. the people that are bodybuilders, et cetera, they will say, you know, be about it, show that. And I believe the same thing in business. Like you, you don't go and say you do honest business and then don't, you know what I mean? Be true to your brand. Be true yep. to that. And ultimately, I think that is what created the success of like Amazon, for example. Yeah. So Amazon It's always has based on customer service. Always. Yeah, that's it's always, that's always been Jeff Bezos' main focus. And it obviously worked out. Yeah. And in one of those, um, in one of the interviews he had, you know, they talk about how how did you get the trust of IRS? How did you get the trust of these nations? How did you get the trust of the world hosting on your servers, right? And he said, I showed up, right? When I said we were going to do something, Yeah, we did it. And you can't expect that man to be paying the correct taxes if he is the IRS back end. I'm that's, just saying. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, no, that's a whole other story. <laughs> I'm just thinking that. I'm like, yeah. he is. Yeah, but. They do use his servers in the IRS. Like, that's a scary yeah. concept. <laughs> Sorry, and off topic. And that's, and that's stuff we can dive into. Like, the, really the goodness. granularities of what that means, right? Because oh a goodness. lot of people, we said that, a lot of people might not even realize what that means yet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hosting your data <clears throat> on someone's servers. Um, and that's that's what I, I'm going to encourage the community about. Hey, these little finer details. Like, we're going to give a lot with guests, and we're going to do a lot on the show, but there's only so much we can dive into when it comes to the granularity, right? Yeah, that's going to be more focused on the community, I think. Absolutely, yeah. right? The, the chat rooms that we have, the, the, the threads that we have, being able to post up recommendations, being able to reach out to, you Even know. Even book keep, recommendations. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. People like Pat, though, I mean, having him in the community, just sending him a message being like, hey, I'm about to file my business. What do these designations mean? Mm-hmm. Right. What does LLC mean? What does partnership mean? And that's the finer details <clears throat> that I feel is missing from business media. I think that there's a lot of the glit and the fame. And then a, tra- a trend that I see now is like, yeah, it's hard. It's not easy. It's that. It's this. Absolutely, it's not hard. But nothing in life is easy. Right. Everything is hard to eliminate. From a private airplane. It's unrelatable. Correct. Yeah, but they don't talk about, okay, what does it mean to finance that private airplane? <clears throat> do, do they even own that? Do they own anything? Because a lot of celebrities, too, that I've been – a lot of, like, the people that made it mm-hmm. that weren't really big into, like, they made it from being in front of people. For example, the owner of – the founder of Gymshark. Mm-hmm. Right? He, on paper, he's, like, a billionaire. Yeah. But in interviews and stuff, he's a guy. He's a guy wearing his Gymshark clothing. He just believes in a certain thing. And he, you know, the last interview I seen of him, he laughed and he said, you know, I'm a billionaire on paper, but I don't know where that is. Like, it's because that's yeah. the reality. There's so many systems that we play with now that people are, are worried about this glit, the fame, the money, this, that. If you worry about those things, yeah, you can get to a, a certain level and a certain sure. extent. But what does that mean for you as a, as a personal brand, as, a, as your life, as your person? Yeah. So... I'm really excited for, you know, having more people involved, having the people on the show, people understanding our backgrounds and our stories, yep. seeing how we progress because I'm a work in progress every day, right? I'm a work in progress every single day. I, there's nothing that I do every day that I'm incredibly confident about. And it's not that I'm not confident about a lot of the things I do. It's the fact that I regularly include activities that I am not confident about mm-hmm. because I believe in that hard work. I believe in that showing up and getting your hands dirty. I believe in <coughs> failing and failing and failing and failing yep. and failing and failing and failing. And, and you're going to have a level of transparency here too, where you're going to see our failures. Yeah. Because I we grow, I grow from that. I need, yeah. I need to explain. I tell people all that kind of stuff. And <coughs> for me, I wouldn't be the man I am today if I didn't have those failures. Yeah, of course. If I didn't mess up my first designation when I <laughs> filed my LLC and, and what that meant when I, I switched to S-Corp and paying those corporate taxes yep. and, and putting myself as an employee to the business, what that meant as far as insurance and how now you know workers' compensation and all these other things. How does it – I didn't know about hiring people and putting them on payroll and what that meant. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, oh, it comes people down hard. Yeah. Cause a lot of people know that, okay, I get paid from a company and taxes get taken out and this happens and that happens. A lot of people, I don't know if they think it's magic or not, but someone does that. Like someone designates, okay, this is how many taxes, how much taxes needs to get taken out of this paycheck. They look after those people. <clears throat> Your company looks after you or they don't look after you depending on the company you're working for. But there's, there's all those finer details that, I think uh, too many people say just hire someone and don't think about it. Yeah. But you got to understand how it works. You have to. Because you, you get robbed when you hire no, someone. You'll, you'll get robbed. Yeah, because if you, you hire will. someone to do something that you don't know anything about, how do you know they know? I got robbed by an accounting firm. I mean, I really did. I don't want to drop their name because it was a big issue, but they never filed my taxes. And the reason why I got in trouble... And, oh, and you get what? You get some kind of leniency? I didn't get that, right? I didn't get that because they used my, lenient, my leniency or whatever. So 
if I would have known more about taxes, I wouldn't have gotten screwed. Yeah, that's something we can talk to Pat about. That's definitely something we're right. going to talk to. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to talk to Pat about that. And, and that's what, you know what I mean? That's, that's, you should be building your network to be able to say things like that. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I, I'm not incredibly sure about this. But I do know my colleague <coughs> here or these people here that are in my network do know about this. Yeah. Right? And even them, like, you should be, they, they're going to be challenging themselves too, right? And that's yeah. something that I always explain to my customers, like, my clients. Like, I'm consistently <coughs> figuring out the new stuff. That's why I have techs and agents answering calls and doing this because there's a whole realm of the business where it's just progress, right? Yeah. And that's something people get caught up in too. I think even the, the show before us was talking about how, you know, working in your business and working on your business are two very different things. Oh, yeah, their guest, their guest was talking about that. Yeah, how working in your business and on your business are two very different things. Because they were telling everybody that I, I don't work that only my employees work. Well, you don't work. It's fine. It's all right. I work very hard. At one time, I did. I work every day. No, I do. I, I, I work because whenever I get free time, whenever I create that free time in my in charity, my, my, my main squeeze business, right? Whenever I create that time, I always put it into something else. Like, I, I don't stop. I don't stop. I make sure I have time for my family and all that stuff, but I, I don't stop. Yeah. Eventually, we're going to talk about work-life balance in, in, in a later episode, I'm sure. Maybe the Valentine's bring the, Day episode. Bring the wives on. Yeah, bring the wives on and uh, have them talk about what it's like to live with us. Um, not easy. But I oh, think yeah. about what you were saying. So, like, the whole transparency aspect. I look at people like, you know, the guru influencers like Ty Lopez or like a Grant Cardone. Just, like, looking at them. I don't know their origin story. I don't know their – like – Grant Cardone will talk about how he had struggles with sobriety, but I don't know that story. I don't know how he got started. I could look it up, maybe. But Ty Lopez looked like he just appeared and then was just in a garage with a Ferrari, right? Like, well, I, See, I, I'm just saying, yeah. like, I, I just noticed that a lot of these guys, like, there's no, there's, you don't actually see their failures. They, they, they boast about their successes so much. It's unrealistic. So whenever somebody goes into business, like we do, I feel like what happens is they start hitting failures. They're like, oh, well, Grant Cardone never did that. No, he did. You're just not going to know. Yeah, you're just not going to know. But, like, that's why you and I have to be, you know, the, the knight in shining armor here and be really transparent about, I mean, going, you know, the, the future episodes and really challenge our guests to do this. Tell me where you fucked up. You know, no, like really, like yeah. tell me, like let's be realistic because if if somebody's looking, like behind the camera, we have Dewan, right? The, he is a barber, okay. Maybe one day he wants to open up his own barber shop. If he sees us two over here talking about, like, yeah, so I'm driving a Mercedes Benz and I have a hot supermodel wife and I go on my private plane, the second that he has an issue at his barbershop where he cannot make payroll and he has to pull that out of his savings or something like that, he's going to think he's a failure and get pushed back. And I think that's another thing that kind of makes a lot of American companies, startups, fail, right? So, I mean, I was just I was thinking about that as you were talking about it um, and just kind of bringing up, you know, the, the flow of business, how we come to this. Yeah, and that's... 
the, the community, I think, will be absolutely crucial for, for that. Because, because it is, is, in my opinion, it's more of a mental game. Like, everything oh, yeah. else you can learn, all the hard skills you can learn. You can learn how to balance, uh, you know, sheets. You know, you can learn how to manage taxes. You can learn how to <coughs> word contracts. You can learn how to do all these things. A lot of it with software. Nowadays, a lot of it with software. Yeah. yeah. I use software for payroll. Yeah, but it's not as clean and cut dry as you know, working through a real mental anguish state where you're like, fuck, I fucked up. And I don't have, It'll like, happen how, how do I get to the, like, how, how do I beat this? How do I survive from this? And we see a lot of businesses close because of that. And once a month, once a month, I fuck up at least. I fuck up way more than once a month. Well, I'm just saying bare, bare bones on like, actually when I'm like, yeah. Oh shit, I'm eating ramen next month. Yeah. Like, it happens all the time. And my business is, is considered successful. I'm in major chains. I mean, I have 444 clients. And I still think, I might be eating ramen next week. <laughs> and, that, there's, and that's... Nothing against ramen, I'm just saying. No, that's a really good thing it's that you bring up. Inexpensive because, food. Because success isn't as... You need a lot more success when you're you're hosting an organization in comparison yeah. to what someone would consider like personal success. Yeah, of course. Like it's not a, a, a thriving business doesn't necessarily um, get you a thriving check, <clears throat> right? Because there's yes. so many more intricacies at play, and there's so many more things that you have to think about now. <clears throat> especially when I think you know family is a, is a big step because when you when you look at a family or when you start taking care of family you really realize, hey, it's not me. It's not just me. There's so many other people. But when you're in business and you have employees, it's other people and their families. Yep. And it's so much pressure. It's so much to think about. And as a leader, I don't think it's about being always right. I don't think it's always <coughs> about having the right answer or not failing. I think it's about being able to stand up with other people and being like, I, I can take this blame. Yeah. I can take this responsibility. I can take this. Because not everyone can. And be able to adapt and overcome that. Yeah, not everyone, not everyone can and not everyone wants to. No. Not everyone wants to sit up and be like, yeah, you know, my, my sales rep made a bad impression. It's their fault. A lot of people will do that, but not everyone will stand up and say, you know, my sales rep made a bad impression. It's our fault, right? I should have trained them better. I should have trained them better. I should have put more effort into I should have, I should have, you know, listened to them when they said their commissions weren't you know, high enough. Or I should have listened to them when they said they didn't have enough resources. The to guy go who out rekindled there. us. I had to train him. Yeah, he, he started out and he was. Oh yeah, not yeah, great. Yeah. I mean, he knows who he is, and he'll admit this. He was just not good. He would sell a job and never follow up with people. Mm. And people were just like, "Where are you?" Mm-hmm. He would give my number out and wonder why he's not getting commissions. I'm like, I didn't know you sold this. Mm-hmm. This person doesn't know who you are. You know, um, but I took, I took the blame on that. Yeah. You know, and I knew it was my fault. The only reason why he's not still with me is because he had a kid, mm. you know, and he was just like, dude, I need, I need, you know, I, I have no time to sell, <laughs> you know, mm. but, but that's the thing is it was my fault. We have to be accountable to ourselves. And it's not easy to be. No, it's no. not. So I know a lot of people that can't even be accountable to themselves, them, just themselves. And that, yeah. you know, I feel like, in all honesty, that was me. Especially growing up and, and where, you know, the mindset I had, 
I didn't take accountability. And getting into business, I failed miserably when I had realized that I couldn't keep doing it. I, I was doing that. I was, take, I was not taking accountability. Something would happen. It was someone else's fault. It was this. It was that. It was ulterior. It was outside forces. It was ulterior it's motives always someone, someone else. else. Yeah. yeah. And then I started taking extreme accountability. And things before that, you know, everything was my fault. I maybe yeah. went a little overboard with it. But I did to too. me, it helped. I'm very hard on I, myself. I needed to. I, I constantly am, like, reanalyzing, well, if that person reacted like this, what could I have done better in this situation to maybe <clears throat> calm that? Or what could I have done to give them a better re- realization that I do care and that we, we want this to go forward? Yeah. So there was a, it's a lot of self-reflection, too. So... That, that's why I think the community is so important and why, you know, ultimately I'm, I'm, we're putting it together is because <coughs> as much as there is the, yeah, finance, <coughs> law, legality, um, all the stuff that sounds boring, all the, well, yeah, all that stuff, there is the, hey, am I even ready for this? Am I, yep. do I have the right mindset to go into <coughs> this and figure out the legality of this contract or, or if I'm going to, you know, do well from it or not? Yeah, and things constantly change too. So yeah, like I you're just gonna as, get a lot of value as much out as of you this. call me, I call you back, and I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? And yeah, did you hear that? And because there's not a lot of people like us. I I have you, and I have you know like two two other people our age who I can call and say and ask an honest question and, and get an honest response. Some things you don't like to hear when I say. Like I'll bring up a. a an idea and you're like, this idea sucks, but at least I have the confidence that you'll tell me mm-hmm. and it'll help me reevaluate myself because sometimes I have more ideas than answers. It also let me learn more about what you're trying to do. Yeah, of course. Right? Because if you have an idea that sucks, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you that sucks. Yeah. And but, you should, <laughs> but I'm always throwing podcast I, ideas at you. I might be like, Hey, but what if you just tweak this a little bit? Yeah. And my skill set and your skill set, we can we can take these ideas because to be completely honest, almost all of my ideas suck at the first thought because it's just like it pops in your head like oh what if this <laughs> and then you start divvying it out and then you start getting logical which is very nece- like very necessary in business yeah. because you have to dream big but you can't go out in the world like it's dreamland you got to go out in the world yeah. like it's real and. Your dreams are scary. They should be scary. They should be crazy, and they should be almost out of reach in, in, on paper. Yeah. But you try, and you try, and you work, and you figure out how does this work. Just because no one else has done it before doesn't mean it's not possible. It just means that no one's done it before. Yeah. Right? And the truth is almost everything's been done before, right? Just maybe a different iteration, maybe a different thing. Um, it's, it's a collective knowledge, right? And I think that's – so like AI is a big topic for tech. Yeah, I think we'll have to find somebody for AI. I would love to bring a guest in for AI. Yeah, so I mean, I got, so I definitely got some people. Oh, cool. And um, you know, Elon, not Elon. Uh, what's his face from Facebook? Zuckerberg talks yeah. about. He talks about GI, right? General intelligence. Yeah, which is what is considered in humans, right? Like we have a general level of like we have a, a education system. And you learn these general things, and you learn these general, okay, this is that, this is this, et cetera, et cetera. When we reach that level of general intelligence in computers, now we start having robotics act on what we would consider, you know, everyone should know. So we're really moving into a different realm of how the world works, yep. how business is conducted, <clears throat> 
the opportunity for individuals. Way more opportunity right now. We have this is the pinnacle of humans. Oh my god, yeah. We are in the pinnacle of opportunity. We're just we're wasting it. We are in the best it's the best time ever to be alive. It's the best time ever to be alive as a human. Yeah. I mean, if, we, if this was, like, the 1200s, like, we'd be wiping our ass with, like, sticks and stones and they break our bones and, like, it know, just would be no fun. Are, like People are wasting it on TikTok or, like, not saying TikTok's wrong. I mean, TikTok's a tool that we use. It's a tool. But, it's but, a tool. But, but they're using it as a... Emotional social a, factor. Yeah. They're, it's, it's, it's literally their therapist. It's their entertainment. It's everything. And they're not... This there. is my hammer. Yeah, that's right. A, this is my hammer. Because you and I think like that. Yeah, this is my hammer, and this is what I use to. to <clears throat> that's why I don't have more followers. Yeah, I, it's like the one thing that I'm not like. Well, that's going to change. Oh, it's going to definitely because now change. we're broadcasting. Now we're doing more things, and that's. I never I'm, I'm going to finally use these tools for what they're worth. Oh yeah, right? and I, I've been a, I've been a big follower, and I've been a big. Uh, influencer behind the scenes, encouraging people, yeah. and, and hey, this is how I know the system works, and how That's I how know, been, yeah. and this is how I know the algorithms are built, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <clears throat> but now, I want to use this platform for what it is. I feel like I've built a strong enough base in what we're doing offline to yeah. where we can bring it online and really make an impact. And a lot of people jump right into online and think it's just this other world. They get emotionally wrapped up into it. They get, <clears throat> you know, sidetracked in the sense of like, oh, people are saying this about me or this about me. Like, let them. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, let them. It should be. It should be that. You should, that's the whole point of using these tools. Um, is it the point for everyone? No, but I think we should try to change that. We should try to get people to idealize, like, these are tools. This is how we should. You know, there is the social aspect, like the reality of, yeah. like, do you use social media to, like, talk to family, friends, or anything like that? Yeah, so I, I have a habit of trying to get people into intellectual debates. But then I realized that not the whole world is intellectual or wants to be intellectual. Or, or want to debate. Or, or want to debate. They just want to be right and make you sound stupid. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work like that. So when somebody comes at them – so I have a habit of, like, finding these people who I think make an intelligent post. I'm like, maybe that person's smart. So – and it's always the opposite of me, right? Because I think that people on all sides can be intelligent, right? And even more intelligent than me. I'm accountable to that, right? But I'll – engage them in a very respectful way for a debate and then they'll do things like i see you have kids on instagram I'm like wait what 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 are we doing yeah um but that's happened oh absolutely nobody People. wants to just use it as a tool to learn right like that's what i want to use it for they see oh my god there's another opinion or this person is challenging my belief system that's my problem with social so I've steered away from it because I've noticed that people get very sensitive when they find out that you have an intelligent thought. Hmm. They get a little scared. Yeah. Because they don't like that. Nobody likes to feel that way. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I just have – I don't think I'm smarter than them necessarily. I just think that they don't want to engage in intelligence. Debate is necessary. I think De- it is. Debating is necessary. I, think, I love it. I think that – I wish I was on a debate team or something. We are right here. Yeah, right now. yeah, yeah. And this now. is what we're gonna do. We're gonna bring people on. We're gonna debate with them. Yeah, like some things. We and need that's, we need yin and yang. And this know? is us, right? Intro into the media world in the sense of this is what we're. This is what I want to do. I yeah. want to. I want to recreate some of the waves that are on my feed. Yeah. Get more people in, involved. And hey, what what are you thinking <clears> about? What are you talking about? You know, I, that's why I wrote that book that I'm publishing soon. Yeah. So. I'm going to use this tool for what I see it to be valuable as and a, and a connector, a true connector of people, yeah. right? Because this is our, 
this is our communication nowadays. We're able to communicate from anyone around the world instantly. Yeah. And we should... I am a globalist, right? I do believe in, in working with other places. Granted, not every place is the best to work with, but I've met some incredible people all around the world. Yeah, and course. I want to bring these experiences, bring these people, and bring these things <clears throat> to light in our area, right? Bring South Jersey um, up to what we are. You know, we're one of the most successful the states area. in the country. We're in the best area. We're in one of the best, yeah, one of like, the most successful areas. Why is New Jersey not leveraging this better? We're the armpit of America, right? We have, That's what people say. No, but we have New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore, and D.C. Like, we are yeah. in the, the greatest place for business yeah. in the entire country, and nobody is touching it. Yeah. It blows my mind. Yeah. And Delaware, almost every single one of the Fortune 500 companies has an office or virtual office in Delaware. Yep. Like, big companies, California companies, are not registered in California. Because mm-hmm. why would you? They're registered in Delaware. Yeah. Which is literally in, right there. We are in, not the armpit, I mean, we are in the heart of the business world. But the, the thing is, is that the heart's not beating. Which is the weirdest thing. I mean, really, look at it. Mm-hmm. It's we, under cardiac arrest. Oh, my God. I I wanted to move out of the state so bad. I'm sorry, Murphy, but... This is Murphy's favorite gym, I know. But I wanted to move out of the state so bad because I, I, I moved around in the military and I said, wow, everywhere is better. <laughs> but why? Why are we not raking in the cash right now on, on the backs of, of every single person in America basically living in this little geographical area? We're not far away from Boston. We're not far away from Raleigh where it's a big banking capital actually. We're not, a far, we're not far away from anything. We are one day's drive from Chicago, believe it or not. I mean, but, but really, like, we are in an area where in one day you can hit 90% of the population in the United States. Like, one day driving in any direction. That's, that's not it everywhere else. Yeah. Well, I 100% agree. I, I, I think back to that, what you're explaining is really, like, we lack – open communication to educate each other on what needs to be done or what should be done. Yeah, something's wrong. Yeah, something's not right. And I, this is my attempt and your attempt to try to get information out there so people feel a little bit more confident in trying new things and starting I build, business. I want to build this place up better. S- start a new business. Try something new. Yes. Put yourself in risk. My, all my Best time is now, too. Yeah. Don't wait. No. Don't. The best time is always now. Plan it after you start it. Yeah. Minimum viable product. Minimum MVP. Vi- yeah, MVP. And. Sorry. No, no, that's that's perfect, and that's, you know, every opportunity that's ever came to me, it wasn't because I was incredibly skilled at what I was doing, or, or maybe it was, maybe, like, I just didn't, you know what I mean, because I never thought of it like that. I, I went up to people, and I said, hey, this is what I do, what I know how to do, yeah. what I know I can do for you. You're going to either pay me for it to do it, or I'll do it for someone else. Yeah, and, and make sure you get paid for it. Yeah. Don't do free work. No, no, don't do free work. Cause it that's, drives me nuts. That's a yeah, big mistake. you can't do free work. If your friends that and was, family respect you, they will pay you for what you do. That almost shut me down in the beginning because I, say, I came from that mindset of, like, how do I help people? How do I do this? And I didn't have that grasp on how do I exchange that value? How do I make sure that you pay me? Because I felt like it was still emotional. Mm-hmm. So when I would ask people for money, I felt like I was coming at them almost, right? I was like, look, you owe me this now. And in my head, I'm like, well, I'm not angry at this person. But you just can't keep moving forward. Like, you have to have... We live in a commerce world, right? We live in the modern commerce world, so yeah, I can't pay my mortgage with thank yous 
and I can't feed my family with, you know, I owe you one.